Welcome to the show. It is Maggie and Perloff. Perloff sitting on a ski slope somewhere. Keith McPherson, good enough to join us from WFAN. And Keith, you are a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan living in New York. Emphasis giant on the die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of Cowboys fans will sympathize with that. So I found this very interesting. The idea that Dak Prescott who had one all-time great playoff game and then an all-time playoff game, right? Yeah. Like, it just so happens he looked fantastic against Tampa and then the 49ers' defense was just too much. But the idea that the Cowboys are now going to be shopping potentially for the heir apparent to Dak while he's still... Sounds good. Like... <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, they did the same thing with Romo there, right? But is it time to let Dak go? Like, this is someone who's still young, who's still in his prime. You're usually not thinking about the heir apparent when the person's straight up in their peak. This is his athletic maybe there, peak. Maybe there's some some thought that we, you know, we've seen the best of him. He might not be able to get to the top of the mountain. Do you think that? I'm starting to, to turn on Dak, unfortunately. I'm sorry, Dak. I've supported you a ton. Uh, supported all of your causes and foundations. Walter Payton, man of the year. That stuff is great, but the turnovers broke me this year. He missed five games and led the league in turnovers. Yep. They always want to talk down on Daniel Jones's 15 touchdown passes. <laughs> Not enough people talking, to, talking down on Dak's 15 interceptions. And I, I played the quarterback position, and I've gone back and looked at they – have, they have his lowlights. You can literally yeah. go on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, tab over. And just search. No, don't do that. Stay with us. <laughs> don't move. <laughs> During the you break. You don't want to miss a second of the show. If you like Cowboys tears and watching Dak Prescott throw interceptions, they literally have all his interceptions on multiple uh, low light reels on YouTube. And I went back and watched some of them, and I'm like, oh, yes, some of them bounced off of shoulder pads and hands. Yes, yeah, CD Lamb. But other ones, like in the red zone, you got to take care of the ball. You don't have to stare down CD Lamb and throw him the ball. But I guess you do because you don't have Amari Cooper anymore. Uh, I just feel like Dak this season, uh, he goes down week one. Cooper Rush comes in. Yep. And you started to hear some Cowboys fans like, hey, Cooper Rush. Um, yeah, but that's nonsense. You know that. Of course. We yeah. knew. But Jerry Jones even played into like, oh, boy. Well, uh, ho hopefully <laughs> there there is a little bit of a quarterback controversy. I mean, that's what we'd want, right? Like. We hope Cooper Rush does well, <laughs> well, Honestly. well enough to create some kind of controversy. <laughs> Jerry, you just created the controversy, bro. Why would you say that? <laughs> Amazing. Keith, one hour and three minutes into the show, has already done a better impersonation than Perloff has done of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jerry Jones, I've been I've been watching since I was a child. Jerry? I, I, I told uh, Maggie the first Super Bowl that I remember, the Cowboys hang 52 on the Bills, and I'm a fan. <laughs> Thank I you. was sold. I'm like, this is the best team ever. <laughs> and that's when I got up from the table and left Keith alone. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I remember that one too. Um, no, it's a great impersonation of Jerry. But the, the funny thing about this, though, is like you might have to actually extend Dak Prescott. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but that's to try to do some contract stuff. And do they really want him feeling like footsteps behind him? Is that like, yeah, he threw the interceptions. It was bad. You know what happened? Offensive coordinator got fired. Kellen or whatever parted ways. Kellen Moore's gone. Now Mike McCarthy's going to be calling the plays. Like, I'm no big Dak Prescott supporter either. I think he's a ten, top 10-ish, maybe more like top 12, 13 quarterback in the NFL. But I'd be a little worried here because I don't I would not want to do something where not that you're going to tick off Dak Prescott. I don't, I don't really care about that. 
but I'd be I'd be cautious. Let's see what it looks like with Mike McCarthy before you start saying like, man, this guy is toast. I don't know. Mike McCarthy could barely call a timeout. Now he's going to call the plays. I understand, though. I understand that that's what he did in Green Bay. And um, shout out to my guy, RJ Ochoa, who covers the Cowboys. I did a podcast with him for blogging the boys, and we hashed it out. We talked about it. He's like, you can't have this guy as your head coach without seeing his play calling ability and like letting him do that. He inherited Kellen Moore. Yeah, that was ridiculous anyway. That was a Jerry... That, that's like when Jerry medals. He's too loyal. Kellen, they thought Kellen Moore was the next Sean McVay, some type of boy genius. And but like that was obviously not true. I don't know I what's going to happen it. with the Chargers, but it, you know, I've heard a criticism of Kellen Moore that I thought was really apt, which was Michael Lombardi said this, the former general manager, that it, he's not. He doesn't have an offensive philosophy. He's just calling plays, and. I, listen, and I don't Dak know. is checking those plays at the line a lot. <laughs> He's audibling and changing the play a lot and throwing interceptions. It was a rough watch. I believe that Dak needs a little bit more help. I think that the Cowboys failed him multiple times. I mean, they failed themselves with the with the tagging him twice and yep. overpaying for him. This is a fourth-round draft pick that you could have locked up for nothing and then had flexibility to, I don't know, keep Randy Gregory, keep Amari Cooper. But you paid... Ezekiel Elliott before Dak, that was a mistake. Two years before you actually had to pay your running back in a league where you don't need to, one, draft a running back fourth overall or pay them $90 million through six years. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So you end up in a situation with Dak. Dak won because quarterbacks are hard to find. And you tagged him twice after, you know, he played out his rookie deal. He became the face of the franchise. He became the quarterback of America's team. Yeah. I just think that Dak is like, He's. I don't want to say he's hit his ceiling, but I'm not sure what they do to get him past where he is because he's forcing the ball, turning over. He's. It, it feels like Dak is doing too much to try to lead the Cowboys when he should just be getting the ball into the hands of playmakers. And not for nothing, that last game, it sucked. His calling card all season was, you know, two turnovers in a game, like two interceptions in the game against the Packers. The Jaguars, like, you're losing those games. He did that against the Niners. But Tony Pollard going down, yep. people aren't talking enough about, like, if Tony Pollard is available, that was the number one offensive weapon. That takes some pressure off of Dak. Now the, Q, now the QB is a problem, and he's got a $49 million cap hit, and you have a running back problem because you have a running back in Zeke making $15 million. You can't go forward with him, and we don't know when Pollard's coming back. I mean, I, I think they need Pollard back, but it's not just, hey, we got Pollard back. Like, that's not... That's not the definition of, you know, having a good offseason. You have to do that and more. Right now, the Dallas Cowboys are picking 27th in the draft. So are you going to go wide receiver again when, you know, you're also going to need some help also at corner? You still might need some offensive line help, even though the line was pretty good this year, considering some of the injuries. JL in the chat says, Jerry pushed act to be super aggressive. They came out and said it. That's not who he is. Do they have themselves to blame yeah. for trying to push Dak to be a more aggressive downfield quarterback when, ironically, before the season started, they said they wanted to get back to more of a power running team? Yeah, and let's not forget that like Dak like, shattered his leg a couple seasons ago, right? Remember yeah. that? And then he comes back Logan and he's got, he's got the thumb injury. So he's, he's taken a beating already. I think some of that's in his head. He's not the same runner that he once was like in this NFL, you have to be able to use your legs and pick up first downs and uh, be a run threat. And and I believe that they, they said that because I really think they said, Hey, we're paying you all this money. You're a $40 million quarterback. It's on you to get the ball downfield, to lead this team. 
uh, the way the season ended two years ago, they they ran out of time, right? Yeah. They couldn't get the snap off. It's 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 just like I don't know. As a Cowboys fan, it is frustrating. It is, is this trying. as low as you've ever been? Yeah, especially because now I'm on TV and radio and I have to, like, wear this. <laughs> and, you know, some people are telling me, hey, maybe you want to be quiet about being a Cowboys fan. It's all I've ever been. It's all I know. It's how I've watched the NFL. I can't tone it down because I'm on New York radio and, and you can hear it in my voice talking about it. Like, it has been a struggle. It has been a 27-year disappointment. I'm 34. So, like, I really don't even remember the Super Bowl uh, 96, I remember. Obviously, they beat the Steelers, Neil O'Donnell and Bam yeah. Morris. But those days seem long. I was in a second grade. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like, this feels like a low point, oddly, for the Cowboys. But they actually did win a playoff game this year. And they finished the season 12-5. and five. It's like, you should be feeling but pretty good about this But they played the worst team. team that was in the playoffs that shouldn't even have been in the playoffs. <laughs> well, they were Tom Brady-led, though. Tom Brady retired after that. <laughs> you sent Tom Brady into retirement. Do you get any pleasure out of that? No. But I do get pleasure <laughs> out of the fact that he was undefeated against the Cowboys. And he won't be able to. He, how, he now hasn't. Been able to retire and say I'm undefeated against Dallas. They put a one in in that record. I think he's eight and one or seven and one. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, listen, parting gift that Brady's gone. It is. I I feel it because it's not just you. I have other Cowboy fans in my life, and it just doesn't. You guys started to notice something at the end of the season, and then the Tampa game like threw everybody off the scent. And not then me. San Francisco was the real wake up call because. Listen, we can say that, you know, you're run-of-the-mill quarterbacks making $40 million, but when you are making that much, at some point, you're going to be asked to beat a very good defense. And that is one thing that Dak Prescott has not shown you in the playoffs that he can do. And listen, San Francisco's defense is legit. They are great. But it's got to be a better showing than that. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. And I, I just, I'm intrigued about McCarthy calling plays, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. Uh, so Keith is here and I didn't realize this about you, Keith, but you told me as we were chit-chatting a little bit that, um, you um, at one point were an Uber slash Lyft driver. About 700 Lyft, Uber rides, <laughs> Lyft, Lyft rides, Uber eats deliveries. I've tallied around 700 and I hung it up. I retired. <laughs> that was it. Tom Brady, you were out. <laughs> not quite Tom Brady. Goat, I was though? not the goat okay. of it. Oh. I hated it for the most part, but, uh, I was telling you, I explained, so, when I was, I used to work in social media in New York City. That was my, you know, job, my corporate job. I worked at MTV. I worked at uh, Fubo TV and Rock Nation doing social media behind the scenes. But when I was at MTV, I wanted to get into sports. Uh, MTV was cool. Like, it was awesome, like, running into Nick Cannon and Snooki once in a while. But it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't my passion to... What a to, flex um, name drop there. I love it. <laughs> Way it to wasn't go. It wasn't my passion to, like, create tweets for... Flora, Bama Shore, whatever random, you know, shows they were coming up with. Right. So I literally just quit. You know, I think I got a check that was like short for what I was expecting. I wasn't making any money there anyway. So I just quit. And uh, I got an email and you know how you get those email ads in Gmail. It was like complete your first 30 rides in one month and get an $1,000 bonus from Lyft Uber. You're like, cha-ching. So, I don't have a job, but I have a car, and yeah. I've got time, and I think I'm a pretty good driver. Wait, so. is this in New York City or in Jersey? This is. I was living in Jersey, but I was taking people into New York, and the way okay. Lyft Uber is set up, you can't pick up. If you're a Jersey driver, you can't pick up in New York, but you can drop off. Okay. Which, that sucks, because some people have you drive all the way out into Queens <laughs> or Long Island, and then you have to drive back before you can pick up another ride, yeah, and you're losing right. money the whole time. So, 
I, I completed, it's funny because I did my orientation and the clock started and I didn't know that like the clock started. So I actually completed my 30 rides or I, it had to be more than 30 rides. I think it was a hundred rides in 30 days and I did a hundred rides in 19 days. And I remember the, I went to the draft in Philly like the day after I completed it. Um, so that was my start into it. But then I started my job at Fubo TV and I worked there and I worked at Rock Nation I quit Rock Nation, so I went back to the Lyft back Uber grind. Lyft. Okay, so tell us, like, what's the – everyone's got a bad – like, what's the nightmare experience? I mean, you've uh, – The nightmare experience is that, like, you don't know who's getting in your car. Like, anyone can get in your car. You don't know what they're going through. I had a guy who was cursing me out on his way to Newark Penn Station. Oh, no. He was late for a train, and I think I made a wrong turn, and he was <laughs> – like this guy was tearing me up. You're lucky to be alive, Keith. And, I swear. Yeah, the thing is, though, like, I, like if it really escalated, I would have pulled over and handled this yeah. old man. <laughs> but I just felt so disrespected. And I'm, I'm a polite person. I'm yeah. trying to get him to his destination. And you don't want to deal with uh, an unhappy passenger. Another nightmare story that just clicked. I picked up a couple from Bahama Breeze in like Woodbridge, New Jersey. <laughs> oh no! The guy gets, was it ladies' night. Oh. The guy gets into my car with a drink from inside the building. Oh, that's a no-no in this. Excuse state. me, sir. Can you can you um can you get rid of that before we get going here? Now he's got an attitude. Uh-oh. He snuck the the road soda out, right? <laughs> Who am I? Who am I to tell him that we can't we yeah. can't move forward? I did a lot to sneak this lit out. So the conversation that Sneaking him and, a Long Island iced tea out, you gotta be insane. <laughs> literally. So he's got to leave that on the ground, and we pull off. And the conversation that him and his wife are having, or they're getting very graphic in my back seat. I don't want to. Wait, you they know, were hooking up in the back seat? No, but the conversation oh. about what they were thinking about doing the rest <laughs> oh, of the night. No. And, oh, <laughs> the no, preamble. That's so not right. Oh. So I dropped them off in raw way, and I go about my business. <laughs> <laughs> I go about my business the next day. My app, like I can't log in to go go to work in the morning. I've been flagged. They reported me and said that I was drunk. They what? reported, yeah, they reported me and said that I was drunk driving. They got the free Uber ride, and then I was suspended for about three, four days until I was able to talk to, it was Lyft. I was able to talk to Lyft, and I'm like, how can you do that? How can you take their word over mine? I'm like, I would never drink and drive random people around, and if you look, how drunk could I have been if I kept driving for like two hours after I dropped them off? Yeah, right. That is awful. So it's just like their word. They can accuse you of anything, and then you can't work for a couple days. Just so they can get a, a free $25 ride. And yeah, so I I was out of money for a couple days and I was like, man, what if I had kids? What if I like really was like relying on this? Like I was just using it to get, you know, between jobs. Right. But like it is what it is. I I had another woman. I had another woman get in my car. (laughs) I'm sorry. Just like thinking about you looking in the mirror. Now it's coming back. As the people are like having this foreplay in the backseat. You're actually unlocking suppressed memories that I've blocked out since I've gotten out of that. Let it go. Here's the last one. This woman gets in my car, and we're going on a sting operation. No, little do I know. <laughs> oh, no. There's two stops. The first stop is uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise. It's a— um, In Secaucus? I know that one. Yeah. Oh, I'm no. eight, I'm eight there. I've had, uh, <laughs> I worked at the NBA, and it's across the street. Oh, it's a long story. So we're going to Cheeseburger in Paradise. And that's a song, too, right? Also, yes, it is. But for people across the country, let me just paint the picture of where Cheeseburger in Paradise is. 
Cheeseburger in Paradise is a place called Secaucus, New Jersey, which is very close to where you would imagine a mobster would dump a body <laughs> if they needed to get rid of it. It's about three miles away from MetLife Stadium, and it's all like marshy land. And, and then jug like, handles and turns and, and highway. strip malls and whatever. And this is where the bodies are buried. Continue, Keith. So we're going on a sting operation. Little did I know this woman was going to go inside and find uh, her significant other on a date with um, a woman that he worked with. Oh, no. And you were going to be the getaway car? Yeah. Well, there's, there's two stops on this Lyft Uber, <laughs> so I'm just you know kind of <laughs> hanging out for about 20 minutes. She comes out crying and, uh, you know, kind of messed up hair. I guess I got into it, whatever. So I have to drive her home now. And she's telling me the whole story about how they have kids and how she was, you know, already kind of like, you know, on his trail because he would, you know, leave work. And he had this relationship with these women at work. And he said it was and she can't believe she finally caught him in the act and this and this. And now she's going to go home and do whatever. And I'm just like, bruh. <laughs> oh, no. Like, how do I get myself in these situations? <laughs> I mean, did she like, I, I could imagine people are just like, all right, like, can I get your number and I'll call you and I'll let you know how it all turned out? <laughs> no, I'm trying to get these people out of my car so that I can see the money that I made and go on to the next. That's the whole game in Lyft, Uber, yeah. Uber Eats. Like, here's a, here's a Uber Eats story. So specific, right? Like, this this girl wanted a, a Junior Baker cheeseburger, um, some nuggets and fries. It was a young girl, but she lived in an apartment building, and I had to come all the way up to, like, the 13th floor, walk in. She wrote in the notes, like, yeah, my grandma will greet you at the door. <laughs> she literally didn't want to get up from her bed. I'm in their apartment <laughs> knocking on her room door to give her her bag of Wendy's or McDonald's or whatever it is, and I'm like, this is nuts. I'm like, I think I've gone too far. And then the, the tip that she tipped me, she rounded up and tipped me like 65 cents. Ah, That bothers me. I drove all the way to this apartment building, checked in, came upstairs, Signed said hello in. to grandma, saw your whole place, went to the third room on the right, knocked on the door. You just took the bag, closed the door. My tip is 65 cents. That I, is awful. I'm done. I'll never I'll never return. But there was a, a time where I had to just, you know, figure it out. And uh, I was unemployed. And I was chasing the dream of being on the radio and TV yeah. and media in this area. You got to try and figure it out. And uh, w the reason I did lift Uber is because you can make your own hours. Right. I was still creating content, making podcasts, vlogs, going to games. Yeah. But I would really just drive like late at night or in the morning commute. And, uh, you know, sometimes I drive the afternoon drive, depending on what I was doing. That That is the only real thing. It's It gives you flexibility to be your own boss. But there is it's a roulette wheel. It's a, <laughs> there's too many wild cards. You don't know who is getting in your car, where you're going to drive them, and uh, what's going to happen to you in that time. Yeah. I think this goes without saying. I think we have a shot of the day candidate right there with that <laughs> Keith story. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Keith, that is amazing. And you know what? But the the real message in there beyond like the funny stories is the hustle. And oh, boy, yeah. did you earn it. And now you're doing amazing things on WFAN. That's awesome. 855-212-4CBS. You want to call in? Were you an Uber driver, Lyft driver? You got a good story? Think you can top Keith's story? We'd like to hear you try. You can also find us on Twitter at Maggie and Pearl, Instagram Maggie and Pearl off, TikTok Maggie and Pearl off. We're streaming live, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. You want to meet the man who just told you that great story? Log on, get involved in the chat. It is it is happening. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up, one team and quarterback very far apart 
on a contract. Oh, the drama is just beginning. We'll get to that in just a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Pearl off with Keith McPherson from WFAN sitting in for Pearl today. Welcome back to the show. It is Maggie and Perloff. We're across the country on CBS Sports Radio. We are streaming live, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. And if you're just tuning in, you missed Keith McPherson, who's sitting in for Perloff today, just regale us with his trials and tribulations as a former Lyft and Uber Eats driver. And man, it does not make you feel great about humanity. (laughs) Um, Let's get to something as Keith is the evening and nighttime host at WFAN, something that is... Uh, happening here in New York, but it's also of interest all across the country. And that's what the Giants are going to do with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Now, the latest is that Jones and the team are very far apart on a contract. Jones just switched agents. And so there's a possibility here, Keith, that along with Rodgers and Lamar and Derek Carr and even go down to the Baker Mayfields or Ryan Tannehills or whatever – it's possible that Daniel Jones could end up in this mix if they if the team decides, hey, we want a franchise tag, Sa- Saquon Barkley, if we can't get something done with Daniel Jones. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Daniel Jones is playing somewhere else next season. It's out there now, especially because this $45 million number has been floated and no one in their right mind can think that Daniel Jones, <laughs> after one decent year, yeah, decent. good year for him, right. but like in NFL quarterback standards, that's decent. You got a playoff win? Pretty decent. No one thinks that he's actually going to command $45 million. But when you look at the situation, right, it is a new GM, new head coach. Uh, these guys are going to have to figure it out. I think they didn't want Daniel Jones, right? Like not, not right away. They ha- He had to prove it. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Yep. He proved it. But now you're in a situation where Saquon also proved that he could carry the team for a while, too. There's not enough money to go around. You got to figure it out. Uh, they got to finagle. They've got to get crafty with the, his contract, and they got to figure out whether you want to tag one of these guys or what. But they have time to do that, and I think Joe Shane is a better GM than Dave Gettleman. Well, the bar wasn't very high. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he'll figure it out. And and I, my thing with, with the Giants is their fans, and we were talking about this earlier, and I was talking about this last night. Man, they build this guy up to break him down, to build him back up Daniel and tear Jones. him down again. Yeah. Daniel Jones, from the time he was drafted – and you saw all the viral videos of the reaction, and we spoke about how, where we were on draft night. Yeah. Giants fans were visibly upset over this pick. It was, the, it was the story coming out of the draft that year in 2019 because I remember Peter King's column led with it like on multiple occasions, and it was like, how did this quarterback from Duke get taken sixth overall when he was basically like not on anyone's radar to be taken that high? And it was a little bit of like, you know, what were Washington going to do and da-da-da. But I was at the official Giants draft party that night. (laughs) (laughs) And the official party. I mean, these are the Kool-Aid drinkers. And the Daniel Jones pick happened, and it was like the air came out of the room, and everyone left, even though they had the 17th overall pick that same season and took Dexter Lawrence, who's like one of the foundational pieces now on the defense, and everyone was gone because they were so – they were so disheartened by the Jones pick. Yeah, they thought they were going to get Josh Allen, the DN from Kentucky, who we see with the Jaguars, because people were saying he's a, he's a gold jacket player. That was the thing about yep. Josh Allen, right? He's going to be a Hall of Famer. You go Daniel Jones, there's viral videos of kids kicking and screaming, <laughs> taking their Giants jerseys off and throwing them. And fast forward to where we are now. You know, this guy, he battled through all of that. New York is a tough place. Like, if I can... 
make it there. Like, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. He's made it here. He's now throwing the football in Madison Square Garden at a Knicks game into the crowd. Like, he's he's beloved. But then he switches his representation from CAA to Athletes First, and the first thing they do is float out $45 million, and all the fans are like, oh, he ain't that good. <laughs> oh, never mind now. Uh, yes. he actually... You know, let's let's see what Derek Carr's worth. <laughs> Which is funny because the Giants are not, you know, they're playing this negotiation as if they really want him. Like, they are. Even if they're far apart, they're saying all the right things and doing all the right things. They're not bringing Derek Carr in for any kind of meetings. Like, they're not trying to make, like, some, uh, muddy the waters or, like, make this uh, a bad negotiation. But if it ends up coming down to money, and if athletes first, the new agency has, there's a reason why he decided to switch. And that's because athletes first told them we're going to get you more money than CAA could have gotten you. And they're going to feel the pressure to deliver on that. Now, ultimately, Jones is his own man. He'll make the decision. But if he's going to try to chase every dollar, I don't know what other team out there is going to offer him this money. But you have a lot of quarterback needy teams that I think will look and say, well, geez, do we want Baker Mayfield? No, do we, we don't want to be caught win the musical chairs thing and be without a quarterback. And to be honest, this draft class in terms of quarterbacks, at least right now, not really doing it for everybody. Not no immediate answers here. Bryce Young, okay, but if you want six feet, 185, and by the way, unless you're picking in the top five, you're probably not getting them anyway. Yeah, we could spend a lot of time talking about these quarterbacks yeah. coming up. But, but on Wait, Daniel Jones. Do you like these quarterbacks coming out? I think there's a lot of question marks around these yeah. quarterbacks. There's no it's, there's no Trevor Lawrence at the top. There's no Andrew Luck. Like wh when you're picking these quarterbacks, like these guys have to be guys that from the elite 11 in high school, yeah. they were tabbed as like this guy's going to be the guy. So with Daniel Jones, he wasn't that. Um, he did make the elite 11 and I watched a video from the elite 11 that they said Daniel Jones just is a as a tireless worker. And when you have that work ethic, it can make you more talented than you ever really imagined you were going to be because you learn and you just keep showing up. And the biggest thing about him for me is that, you know, he does put in the work when the rest of the team is going on vacations and another captain on the team, Xavier McKinney, breaks his hand in Mexico on an ATV. Daniel Jones is safe. He's at the football building. He's watching film. He's lifting. He's getting better. And the guys love him. And Tiki Barber is here who... um played for the Giants, and he always has this quote. Tiki says, no one loves you like your mama. And what he means is, no one's going to love you like the Giants love you. They picked you six overall. Yeah. They put a captaincy on you. You have made it through the ups and the downs with them. And finally this year, you broke through, had a winning season, went to the playoffs. Brian Dable and Mike Kafka want to run it back with this quarterback. They don't want to start over with a new guy. They don't want to pivot to Tyrod Taylor or, you know. But they don't want to pay him $45 million. I don't they think they can't. want to. And they don't want and, to pay him $35 million. And Daniel Jones isn't a greedy type. He isn't a me, me, me type where he's going to demand 45 but he understands that he deserves a payday. Okay, you guys didn't pick up my fifth-year option. Right. Now I have the leverage. You're going to have to pay me good money. I will be back. I want to quarterback the team. This is the Giants. This is New York. But, like, I have, you got to put respect on my name. I have to come away with, with some some dollars. Like, I have to be Danny Dollars, not Danny Dimes. <laughs> I wonder what what the number is he has in his mind, right? Because his agents clearly think they're going to deliver on some... I don't know if they would make a promise. I don't know an agent that would do that, but they definitely sold him on, we'll get you more. Meanwhile, we got Deshaun Watson all his money. We got <laughs> yeah, Russell yeah. Wilson all his money. Well, we can get that. you your money. 855-212-4CBS. <laughs> 855-212-4227. Coming up, actually, in the chat... Doing a little research, did some light Googling about our buddy Keith McPherson.
Jeffrey Howell in the chat. Radio Keith Fax, number three quarterback in New Jersey coming out your uh, senior here we year, go. Keith. Over tw- <laughs> over two thousand two hundred fifty passing yards, thirty touchdowns over your sophomore and junior seasons. Look at that. Look Not at true. You. That must be like a Photoshop or somebody <laughs> memeing or trolling. It's like, damn, really? What are you doing here? <laughs> I wasn't good enough to make it. But I, I, I went to school for radio and television. I knew I was good enough to figure that out. You knew you could talk about it. No, I just always get kind of like you know, there's so many guys that like live in the glory days of high school. And that seems like another lifetime for me. I always get kind of weird about talking about like how like good or whatever I was at football in high school because I didn't make it. And I did play with guys like no Sean Moreno. And yeah. I did play with, with, with guys like I, I, I met Russell Wilson at UVA's football camp and Joe Hayden and Myron Roll and LaShawn McCoy. I saw what it what it took. I saw what it looked like to be an NFL football player. And I was not that. But in high school, I was pretty good in, in Pop Warner. I might have been the best player in the country. <laughs> While we're going down memory lane, let's stroll all the way back to Pop Warner. There we go. Allow me to get that dirt right off your shoulder there, Keith. Nice job. Uh, Keith McPherson is in for Perloff today. He's the evening host on WFAN, and his football uh, past connected him and connects him to someone very interesting heading into next season. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. Not no Sean Moreno so much. Where'd he go, Georgia? Yeah, he went to Middletown South High School. We played together in the Governor's Bowl, New York versus New Jersey All-Star Game at West Point. And he went to Georgia, and then he was drafted in the first round by the Denver Broncos, Broncos. and he's a legend. He used to cry massive tears during the national anthem. like Incredible. More than Nick Sirianni. It was wild. That that song just gets him. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. He was incredible running back, too. Uh, okay, we will get to Keith's connection to a current star and what we can expect for next season. Also, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, explains which team he hopes will draft him in 2024. Now, the problem is that team already has a quarterback. Hmm, what are we going to do about it? We'll talk about it next after this CBS Sports update from Rich Ackerman. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Keith McPherson from WFAN sitting in for Perloff today. Perloff taking a little nice vacation with the family. Just talking with Keith because I'd forgotten about this. Keith was on a reality TV show. <laughs> a really cool one, actually. It was a little... I don't know if it was before it's time, but it was called MLB Fan Cave, where they put a bunch of young people in basically like the... Eight the, strangers <laughs> are picked to watch 2,430 Major League Baseball. Like, So I guess yeah. it was it, it's, You had to it, watch every parts. game of the entire MLB season with a bunch of other strangers. Complete strangers. Yeah. Eight of us. We each represented different teams. I was a Yankee fan. I've always been a Yankee fan. Uh, I was a Red Sox fan, a Mets fan, a Giants fan, a Dodgers fan, a White Sox fan, a Cubs fan, a Marlins fan. And, you know, we went out to Arizona for a casting call. Kind of like a real-world thing. Honestly, MTV casted us, and they used the formula for, the formula for like, real-world to figure out, like, it was crazy. I remember I went and took this, like, personality test. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Either way, and I made it. And you passed. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> I made it. I made it, and I spent a season in uh, New York watching every single game. And the TV show part of it, it wasn't like a – they should have done so much more. With the technology and the social media that we have now, it would have been so much better. But in 2014, MTV2 filmed a show called Off the Bat every Tuesday at the Fan Cave. And they would, like, cut to us, like, and now the cave dwellers. Hey, everybody, <laughs> hey. But, like, it wasn't like a real world where they followed them around. 
the whole premise of the fan cave is that like kind of like you know the darkness retreat like the, they're stuck here <laughs> yeah except for <laughs> they're stuck here the opposite of darkness you were in the under ground, lights you were and, the ground level of a of a place like basically in the one of the hippest parts of new york basically like two or three blocks away from nyu's campus are kind of like the old in, tower records building yep. 692 broadway floor to ceiling windows so really we were like in a fishbowl you were people would walk by and bang on the windows <laughs> homeless people would would you know, be staring, <laughs> licking the windows, and we'd just be sitting there watching pitches. And you slept there. No, so that's the thing. They made it seem like we slept there. Like, they had couches and stuff set up. There was a basement for us. But I had a $4,500 apartment in Soho to myself. And they put you guys up in MLB your place? MLB paid for it. Yeah, that They paid us awesome. $6,000 a month, too, to sit in there. It wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Good job, It wasn't Keith. bad. We, yeah, I mean, I would rah-rah and watch the Mets for six grand a month. That'd be amazing. Good job, Keith. Um, okay, so that was, if you're wondering, hmm, Keith, he looks familiar. I'm watching you, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio, and I feel like I know that person from somewhere. Might have been the MLB fan cave. Um, okay, this one was kind of interesting. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe, Samter, can you do a little work on this? Why was Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner, speaking to People magazine? Still not sure about that. <laughs> but for whatever it's worth, he was talking to People, and he was asked, uh, "What? where would you like to be drafted to? Now, let's keep in mind, we all know this is sports fans. He's not eligible for this year's draft. It'd be for 2024. And Keith, he said he wants to get drafted to the Miami Dolphins. He said, because of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, even Mike Gusecki. <laughs> he really went down the depth Is chart. Is Gusecki quite a getting out of there? I don't know. He's on a contract year, right? Said he liked the coaches. Caleb Williams is from the D.C. area. He's not from Miami. There's not a connection there. And, oh, by the way, Tua's still the quarterback. They just took Tua four year, three years ago, right? Four now? No, 2020, three years ago. And He's the quarterback until further notice, we think. But here comes Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. And, oh, by the way, Tyreek Hill liked the post. Of course he did. Yeah. You know, Tyreek's like, boop, um, <laughs> endorsement. Caleb Williams knows right now that he's better than Tua. Caleb, Caleb Williams knows after another football season, Tua might not be in so good uh, of shape. And he's in L.A. He's trying to take the party straight from L.A. to South Beach. <laughs> I mean, I get it from that point of view. But here's where I think is interesting. I'm with you about we don't know what Tua's future is going to be. I think Miami is actually in the market for a quarterback. They haven't revealed themselves yet. Like, they're not bringing in Derek Carr. They're not doing anything publicly. But as we learned, because they got Dr. Draft pick, that's not how Miami operates. They're a little more behind the scenes on the yacht. But here's what I think is interesting about Caleb Williams saying this. Caleb Williams is going to be, when I say, like, the best prospect since, I mean, listen, Joe Burrow ended up becoming an incredible prospect, but he didn't have nearly the hype train that Caleb Williams is going to have. This is going to be like an Andrew Luck kind of thing, Trevor Lawrence kind of thing, yeah. where he's going to have a lot of power. And what I'm getting at here is if Caleb Williams really wants to be drafted by the Miami Dolphins, he actually could have enough power to pull in Eli Manning. Eli Manning did not want to go to the San Diego Chargers and made a power play to make sure that he ended up with the New York Giants as the top overall pick, even though San Diego had the number one pick that year. We don't know who's going to have the number one pick next year. But Keith, could Caleb Williams be so powerful that he could just say, 
say it is uh, who is uh, who's going to tank this year to have the number one pick. Um, let's say it's maybe the Falcons. Say it's Atlanta. Could he say, you know what? I don't want to go to Atlanta, and I'm not going to Atlanta, and I'm actually going to wait, and I'm going to make sure that I'm taken by the Miami Dolphins. Eli Manning did, as I mentioned. You had, you know, Jim Kelly didn't go right to the NFL. John Elway didn't go right to the NFL. Special guys have been able to do this, at least on the football side. I think Caleb Williams could have that kind of power. What do you think? Yeah, all these college kids have power now. They're millionaires. They have NIL <laughs> deals. Good point. And like, they're walking around like they're already pros. And Caleb Aren't Williams. they kind of? They pretty much are. Yeah. yeah, Caleb Williams knows, hey, let me start uh, planting the seeds for where I'd like to go. Like, I don't, I don't want to be drafted somewhere like, I don't know, Chicago or Houston or whatever. Like, I'm going to be one of the top guys coming out. Let me get ahead of this. Let me already plant the seeds for a place like Miami. I think he just wants to be in like a warm weather, nice city. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. And it's crazy where, where we are now. You know, you, you hear guys like Kyrie Irving coming out and talking about like, since when is it bad to make a right business decision right. for yourself? You know, every employer, you're not going to get along. Like, yeah, okay, Kyrie, you, <laughs> you just had a mood swing at the time and you, you blew up the whole team. But, like, there is something to be said about the player empowerment movement, not movement, not just in the NBA, but, like, all of these guys want the power to play where they're going to be happiest, where they want to yep. be, um, and not waste any time in their career. And listen, I mean, again, Man- Eli Manning was, was a little different, right? I mean, Eli was a very good college player. He was a very great college player. But without maybe some help from Archie mm-hmm. and the fact that Peyton was already a success, like, could that have been as easy? I don't know. You had to go no, through I, some really awkward. I mean, go back and watch an Eli Manning interview from like the pre-draft process. It is cringe. Like you can't even watch it with a. Uh, it's so bad. But Caleb Williams, you're right. Like he's a product of NIL. He does understand what his worth is, and he might just say, "Listen, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to New Orleans. I'm not going to Atlanta. I'm not going to whoever." I really want to go to Miami. It's going to be fascinating. I thought Trevor Lawrence might have had a chance to do that if he didn't want to go. Say the Jets did get the number one pick if he didn't want to go to New York. But obviously that never became the case. And he's in Jacksonville and they made the playoffs. And he's got Doug Peterson now and Calvin Ridley coming back. And I think he's going to take another step forward. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is a guy to look at up in those AFC ranks of the top quarterbacks. But yeah, it's just a different time, especially with the quarterbacks and these young guys. They do have all the power. They do hold all the cards. And it seems like every year, you know, the quarterbacks are drafted at the top, right? Now we're talking about a guy like Daniel Jones playing quarterback and $40 million next <laughs> to his name. Like, that's ridiculous. But, like, these I guys know. hold all the cards. The league is center, centered around the quarterback. They win MVPs. A guy like Patrick Mahomes has changed everything. I think that, like, everybody wants the next Pat Mahomes. Yeah. And a lot of people see... Pat Mahomes and Caleb Williams, he even came out and said, yeah, I can do what Pat can do. No disrespect. Didn't mean it like that, but he basically said, like, I have that skill set. You look at a Jordan Love, why did the Packers go get him? Right. Because people were comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. Oof. Yeah, I, don't I know think about he's that. a long way from <laughs> I mean, they Patty were also, Mahomes, I remember any the, season of Pat that we've seen. But <laughs> that made them make that that move. We'll, we'll see when Jordan Love eventually plays. But, yeah, that's where we're at with uh, these quarterbacks and really just all of these athletes. You know, we haven't mentioned it yet, but, you know, Bronny, uh, LeBron James Jr. Yep. Bronny's that gonna... kid owns the world already because of his dad. And you mentioned the Manning family. They, they, they're on uh, Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, they've got uh, they did the Pro Bowl. They've got deals everywhere. 
Eli was able to force his way to the Giants because of the cachet, because of like the Manning name. Well, Arch is coming. Don't worry, Keith. When, when there, Arch is how ready. How could I forget about the next one in line? <laughs> I mean, we're talking about whether Arch is going to start at Texas as a freshman, which, you know, is generally pretty rare. You know, guys aren't usually going, well, you know, you were a scouted high school quarterback. No, I took my red shirt gladly. Those guys were big. They had <laughs> beards and muscles. When I was a freshman, I'm like, I can't play at this level. And so, but Arch is not your average recruit here. You know, he's already given a boost to University of Texas in terms of other guys wanted to sign because of him. If anybody could say, listen, I'm starting day one, it could be Arch. Now, it might not be good for him. Like, you might just want to have Ewers still in there for another year. Ewers played well and then have Arch take over, you know, in a year. Yeah, maybe but two. It's, it's changing things because people want to see him play. I know. And if it's he's close. The t- he's the ticket item. Yeah, if it's close, if it's like uh, there's not a huge gap between these guys and we're going with the known commodity, we're right. we're going with the big name. Uh, Maggie's Purple Drink Chalice, again weighing in in the chat today, uh, was also a former Uber and Lyft driver, as Keith was telling us some fun slash horror stories of being a former Lyft driver. He said the highest quantity of rides is around colleges, but not always the best tips. The best tips are usually from the airport, but those tips were often to a home where you won't find a rider. Yeah, be careful with those college kids puking in your car. <laughs> I was thinking it. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I proudly have never puked in an Uber. Um, little known fact about me. Coming up, yep, the one thing no one is talking about when it comes to LeBron James. We're going to break that down next. It's Maggie and Perloff. Keith McPherson's in for Perloff today. Check us out, youtube.com slash Radio.